ESPN with Eric Bentley begins now. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome here to the Sunbird Sound Off Live. We've got yet another fun episode lined up here this afternoon. First off here in just about five or so minutes, we're going to talk with the women's water polo coach, Brian Sahovi, and we're going to get his take on how his team is doing. They are heading into the championships. That's going to be starting here this upcoming weekend at the Fresno State Aquatics Center. So we're going to talk with him a little bit uh, about, you know, how he's feeling about his team, how the team themselves are feeling. And then in the second half hour, we're going to talk with Oscar Hirschkorn, the head coach of the baseball team. And obviously he's been a familiar face here on the show, a familiar voice, I should say. Fresno Pacific Baseball coming off of a sweep in their four-game series this past weekend. That was the first time that they were able to get a sweep. They had split their last six four-game series to this point, and then they're able to take all four games against Holy Name. So we'll get Coach's thoughts on that. And before we get to Coach Sahovi, um, we're going to talk a little bit more about what else happened around Fresno Pacific. And we've got a lot to talk about because – Boy, the track and field team, both on the men's and the women's side, they really, really performed this past weekend. Coach Winter, he's been doing a great job with that squad, and we've talked with him a handful of times. So real quick, we'll give them their shine, Get tell you what they did. They're a handful of NCAA provisionals, a handful of first-place finishes. Kyla Richardson in the 100-meter dash, 11 seconds Point three nine first place finish NCAA provisional Madison Flores in the 400 meter dash finishes in fifth but it was a personal best with under 54 and a half seconds that's also an NCAA provisional Danae Manabog Gatewood Chloe Sharp they picked up NCAA provisionals as well Danae Manabog Richardson Sharp and Flores they owned the four by 100 meter relay with a time of 45 seconds Point six eight. That is another NCAA provisional, and those four also won the four by four hundred meter with a time of three minutes thirty nine seconds. Point six. That's a new school record. It was the fastest in the country entering the weekend, and also you guessed it, another NCAA provisional. Mason Ricks uncorked a one hundred and forty six meter hammer throw setting a new personal best in that event. She's been on the show, but we were talking basketball with her. She's a dual sport athlete. That's always cool to see. So props to Mason Ricks. Alicia Garcia, a new personal best as well in the Javelin. I'm sure if you follow the Sunbird social media, you've seen she puts out the top three plays of the week. I always love to see those. So Shout out to her. On the men's side, Brett Lombardi improved on his decathlon personal best, a score of 7190 points. That mark is an FPU record, and you guessed it, an NCAA provisional. Bo Olson ran the 1,500 meters. He set a new personal best in that event as well. So, I mean, top to bottom, Coach Ray Winter has really got the men's and the women's track and field team firing on all cylinders. They 
are really going to be fun to watch as they head down the final stretch of their season. Someone else who's going to be fun to watch is women's water polo because they're getting started in the championship coming up this Friday. Again, we're going to talk to Coach Brian Sahovi. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk some water polo on the other side of the break here on the Sunbird Sound Off Live. At Alpha Graphics Fresno, the success of your business is your biggest priority and ours as well. Alpha Graphics Fresno is a locally owned creative company offering custom print, design, signs, and marketing solutions. Almost anything that's awesome. We truly care about product quality, customer satisfaction, and establishing long-term partnerships with our clients. Visit us at 3950 North Chestnut Diagonal Suite 107 or give us a call today at 559-476-2900. Connect with Alpha Graphics and be awesome sunbird sound off live on 790 espn welcome back here to the sunbird sound off live let's get ready to talk some women's water polo. We've got head coach Brian Sahovi here in studio with us. And coach, you flipped the hat backwards right before the interview started. I mean, literally right before we went live. Is that some sort of a of a, of a game face that you're kind of putting on? You, you you go backwards hat before we get the interview started? It's my it's uh, it's my comfort zone. It's uh, it's what I like. I just when I get focused, uh, hat goes backwards. That's kind of where I'm at. So <laughs> hat forward is just kind of relaxed just every day. But uh, how backwards, I'm in the zone. I love that. It's game time here on the Sunbird Sound Off Live. So, Coach, let's talk a little bit about how you guys ended the regular season. Um, obviously, a couple of tough losses back-to-back. Yep. The final score was 11-10 to 10 in, in both of those. Obviously, that shows that um, your team is able to compete in these games. Um, so, what's kind of the, the vibe of the team going into championship weekend. Obviously, you guys are going to be playing in Fresno. It'll be at Fresno State. We'll get to that in a little bit. But kind of what's the vibe of the team? You're coming off of, you know, a couple of close, tough losses. How, how are the ladies feeling? Yeah, you know what? It's it's. I'll be the first to admit it's been a rough season. But, you know, these girls, um, they've got grit. They've, they have stuck with it. You know, we've uh, I've been really impressed with how focused they've been um, heading into this weekend. Um, positive vibes that they're putting out as far as uh, the the matchup that we have on Friday and the path we have to potentially make it to that championship game. I mean, they're they're in a good place. They're working hard. They're focused and uh, they're driven right now. So it's been fun to watch this last week to see uh, see where their heads are at. So like I mentioned, obviously the championships are being played um, at Fresno State at the Aquatic Center over there. You guys are not unfamiliar with that pool, obviously you've played, you know, there at Fresno State uh, earlier this season. What's it like to not only host the championships, but, you know, still be pretty close to home? Yeah, it's great. It's uh, we got such a great vibe here in the Valley with the water polo community. It's a small, tight knit community. Um, there's not a lot of a uh, lot of high level water polo as far as like collegiate um, and professional. I mean, really in, in the Central Valley, it's us in Fresno State. And so. Um, you know, that's the highest level water polo that we have in the local area. And so, um, we get a really good, uh, good support crowd that shows up. They're excited. They're fired up to see some high level water polo. And so, um, the energy in this, in in the Valley is just awesome. And so being able to host this championship here in front of our home crowd, in front of our friends, in front of our, 
our alumni and our peers that are here in the Valley. It just makes it that much uh, more valuable to us and just that much more important to these girls to just go out and be the best that they can be. Yeah, so obviously make sure you, you want to be tuning in here uh, this weekend uh, as those championships are taking place. You can watch all those on the Team One Sports app. Coach, um, uh, before or as you came in, before we actually came on the air, um, I was asking if you were going to bring anybody else in, and you said no because you said the players are having a, a little bit of a, of a team dinner. And so I like that. That that's really cool. Can you share? You know, I don't want to. You know, make you give away any sort of inside secrets <laughs> or anything. Is that you know maybe an end of the season regular or end of the regular season tradition that that they've got going, or was that kind of an impromptu thing where they said, "Hey, let's get together and uh, get ready for Friday." Yeah, you know, it's uh, more of an impromptu thing. I mean, it's a, it's a good group. They get along well. They uh, they really enjoy being around each other and. Like I said, they're they're focused and uh, got a good energy and a good vibe heading into this weekend. And you know, the couple of the older girls, um, you know, put it all together and said, "Hey, let's uh, let's get together. Let's, let's let's have a let's have a team dinner and you know, really start to get ourselves you know focused on this game and just have some good times." I, I think they're just I think they're relaxing and just you know they've had a lot of pressure on themselves this week, um, getting ready for the game. And so I think it really I think it's an opportunity to just be with each other, socialize, have fun, you know tell stories and just hang out and just, uh, just be in a, with their team and with the people they love. Um, but not in the pool or on the pool deck. So as a coach, I've got to ask, that's got to feel pretty cool to see your team take the, the leadership and say, Hey, let's everybody get together. You know, normally it would be a coach that's saying, Hey, you know, we're going to have a team dinner on this day or something like that. What's it like to kind of see the camaraderie with all of your players? They say, hey, we want to get together. We want to have a dinner. We want to celebrate what we did in the regular season and get ready for the playoffs. Yeah. You know, as a coach, I mean, that's really what I like to strive for. I, you know, I, I see everybody has their own, uh, their own styles. Every coach has their own uh, philosophies, different things. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to be the nucleus. I don't want to be the person in the center that everybody's rallying around. I want these girls to rally around each other. I want them to take the initiative and, and be the driving force. I want them to be able to get themselves fired up and, and, uh, them to be able to set up events like this. And so, and, uh, and our teams each year, year in, year out, um, do a really good job, really, um, really, uh, taking some pride in that. And so, um, they do a really good job just in general setting up opportunities to hang out and get to know each other, you know, on, on a deeper level and build relationships. Um, and that's really kind of, you know, what, what, uh, what, what opportunities like tonight are about. And so, um, so yeah, so it's just a good group and, and, uh, that's kind of, you know, what we, what we try to strive for in our program is to, to build that camaraderie within, uh, within the athletes, not around a, a particular coach or a particular person, but just as a group as a whole. All right, so let's talk um, a little bit more on the individual side of things. Um, Amy Zaninovich, mm-hmm. she's been on the show here with us before. Yeah. So, you know, we've obviously gotten a chance to talk to her. Um, but she had six points in your guys' last outing um, in the regular season. What, what have you seen from her here late in the season that's really helped you guys out? You know, she's uh, she's really kind of struggled to find her groove this season. It's been kind of an up and down emotional season for her. Um, but that Biola game, you know, she, uh, you know, we just we we had a little talk and 
told her just, you know, trust your instincts, go through your checklist in your head, the things that you know you're supposed to be doing and um, just get out there and play. And she did just that. She showed up and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think she was putting a ton of pressure on herself. I mean, she does naturally instinctively, but I think she, she figured out in that game how to just kind of back off on that and just play the game and let it come to her. And so, you know, she really, she found her mojo that game, which was fun to watch. And so she, uh, you know, even though we lost by one, um, even she felt good about how we played and how she played and she was excited and just put her in a good place and a good headspace for uh, for the championships this week. Yeah, we've also talked with uh, Tatum and Rosemary as well. So we'll leave Amy, Tatum and Rosemary out of the conversation. Other than those three, can you name a, a player or two that, you know, somebody who's tuning in, you know, this weekend of the championships might want to keep an eye on? Yeah, I, I, we got a couple. I mean, our girls are really starting to find their groove here late in the season. But, um, you know, our 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 secondary uh, two-meter girl or center, um, you know, um, Sam, uh, um, Sam Dieterle has um, really stepped up and um, making some big moves, some big power moves at the two meters. So we got kind of a one-two punch between Sam and Tatum. Um, our uh, center defender, um, Emily has really stepped up and like, she's coming along and getting, getting a lot of experience and been really happy with how she's playing and just the leadership role. She's starting to slowly step into, um, and then Hannah Walker, um, has really kind of stepped into her own this back half of the season as she gets more experience. Um, and it really kind of surprised us, you know, and then we've got some girls coming off the bench that I think, uh, are, are really kind of, uh, some quiet forces that we have. Um, you know, we've got, you know, we lot, we didn't have, uh, Alex, the, the beginning of the season, but she jumped in back half of the season is really kind of finding her, her groove with the team. We've got her into some unique roles that we're putting her in. Um, uh, Bella Alcazar has been coming off the bench and doing a really good job. Um, you know, for her, for her free minutes that she just really comes in and makes something happen when she's in. And so, you know, I think we've got some depth and I think we've got some stuff to play with. So I'm excited about seeing what some of these girls do with the, uh, the adrenaline that, that comes with the championship. I mean, it's championships are different. It's a different environment. Yeah. And obviously, you know, championships are, are a, a different environment. That's, that's such a great point, but you guys have lost seven in a row here yeah. now coming into the championships. Again, like I was saying, your last two, you've dropped them by only one. So even though you're on a, a bit of a losing streak, do you still feel like you have some positive momentum going forward into the championships? Absolutely. Absolutely. We do. I mean, the girls, I recognize it. I've been telling them the girls recognize it. We're playing our best water polo yet. You know, we're, we're really coming off of just a, a slow last two years. We've got girls that, you know, although they may be juniors or seniors, um, you know, on the roster, they're, they're experience wise, they're only sophomores. So it's been, it's been an uphill battle. It's been a huge learning curve for us. And, uh, you know, these last couple of games, um, the girls really started coming into their own and figuring out how to play with each other and uh, and really starting to put things together. Um, and, you know, the experience from the season is starting to come to a head. So I'm excited. I think we got our best polo yet. And I think we've got a really tight race just within our conference in general. I don't think there, you know, is any one team that can really step back and just be comfortable and think, yeah, we got this. I think it's going to be, I think every game is going to be a good game. All right, so you guys are going to be taking on Salem if mm -hmm. the schedule in front of me here is correct. You're nodding your head in agreement, so yep, I guess yep, it yep. is correct. So you guys are going to be taking on Salem. Um, I was looking at the uh, schedules for both you guys and, and for Salem. You both have played some nationally ranked teams. Um, so, you know, kind of how, uh, how, how are you feeling that the experience that you got early in the season playing those tough teams – has helped you not just 
at the end of the regular season, but how do you feel like it's going to help you into the postseason? I think it's forced us to have to play a faster game. I mean, really, when you get into those nationally ranked teams, um, you know, how they how quickly they process the game, where they move the ball, the things that they're striving for is just so much, so much quicker. And so um, I think we gained a lot of experience uh, through those opportunities. And so I think our girls, I think we're going into it just uh, with with a confident mindset that, you know, we can we can keep up with those teams and we can play with them. And we got to take that experience right into this game against Salem and just, you know, be smart in in every pass that we make. And we've got to play our game, which, you know, we're we're more of like a slow play type strategic game type team. So we're not a, a run and gun type of team. And so I think when we stay in our wheelhouse, um, I think we I think we are we are ready. Um, and so and that that it really is a lot of what we gained at the beginning of the season is learning just how to step back, play the game, be smart about it, and uh, just control the pace of the game so we're not just sprinting up and down the pool all the time. All right, so obviously you still have some more games to play this season and hopefully some more memories to, you know, capture. But looking back at the regular season, do you have one or two moments that really kind of stand out when you look back at, you know, whether it be a game, whether it be a practice? Was there something this season that kind of stands out to you where you say, okay, like, now we're working you know now i see the team coming together or anything like that some just something that kind of stood out to you yeah i think there's a few moments that i think back and and uh and i think we had some we had a we had a lot of a lot of growth this season mentally and emotionally um but i think uh i think a, a big turning point was that biola game for us last week you know i think i think our girls really recognized at that point that even though even though we lost that game um, that, that we can play. I mean, that was a big turnaround from the first time we played them to the second time we played them. And I think that was a big uh, turning point for our girls mentally and emotionally, just thinking, realizing that, Hey, we're here, like we could do this. And so, um, I was, I was proud of them. I mean, they, they walked away from that game. They were upset with the loss, which they should be. They, they, they should be a little frustrated with that. I mean, we, we all want to win. We're, we're athletes. That's what we work so hard for is to get those W's. But, um, but they still, they weren't, they weren't, um, angry about it. They weren't angry that they didn't feel that they, they lost that game because they didn't play well. I think we just missed a couple of opportunities and, uh, but they know that they played well. We executed our game plan. They stuck to the game plan and, uh, we did what we set out to do. And we just ended up on the wrong side of, uh, wrong side of the, the story there. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that was a really good momentum, momentum change for us in a place mentally where we needed to be heading into championships. So it was good. All right, so obviously not to get too far ahead, you've still got the WWPA championships to come up. But um, what have you seen from your team this season that kind of encourages you for the future of this Fresno Pacific water polo program? Yeah, I, I think uh, we've got a lot of young girls that are really getting a lot of experience. Um, you know, we have our upperclassmen that have done a phenomenal job in their building, but we've got some young girls that are really, really just – they're going to be here for another two years. And so I'm excited about that and just the cohesion that we're building through them um, and uh, and the depth that we have with them. And that's the exciting part. I mean, like I said, I mentioned their names earlier, but we obviously we've got Tatum and Rose coming back for another potentially two years if uh, if they decide to extend it out that extra year. But um, Emily coming back, she's young. we got Bella or, you know, um, we got Bella coming back and, uh, and Hannah's still really young, getting a lot of minutes. We still got a lot of time. We got another year with Sam. So, I mean, this, this group is young and then, you know, pairing that up with the girls that we've got committed for next year. I mean, I'm excited about it. I think we're in a good place and I think we're going to be, 
I think we're going to be uh, in, a, in a great place to just continue to rebuild and just go up from here. All right, Coach, last one here before we let you go. Um, you obviously mentioned how the community comes out and supports this program. What's your message to somebody who, you know, maybe might be on the fence about, okay, you know, am I going to go out there and watch? Should I go and watch? You know, you know, should I make the drive down to Fresno State and see what's going on? What would be your message to them? And why would you want them to come out and support these ladies? You know what? Come out because it is such a positive environment. Like it just has such a good energy. Um, our crowds are, our stands are always full. I mean, we've got, um, we have just a good environment and it's just a lot of fun. People get rowdy in the stands, but they keep it healthy and uh, they just, they, they support us. And so um, that's a lot of fun to be around. And just that, like I said, the energy alone, once you get out there and you see it and you see the support, you see the camaraderie, um, it's just a great environment to be around. And, you know, and then as you start to watch the game and get into it, I mean, this, the sport itself is just such a fun game to see the physicality of it, the finesse of it, and the way these girls play. It's just a fun game to watch. Yeah, and I, I'll tell you what, I've been out to uh, multiple water polo matches. I've been out to swim and dive meets, and there's way more yelling than anyone would ever expect when you're out yeah. there in the pool. I mean, you guys are really going after it. How important is that communication? I said I said the last one was the last one, but now i got to kind of add on. How important <laughs> is that communication? Because it seems like everybody gets loud out there on the side of the pool. It's, it's really important. Uh, we really emphasize that in every training is our girls, you, like you just got to talk. They got to talk to each other nonstop and, and uh, communicate wh what they're trying to accomplish, where they're moving the ball. Um, it's just a lot of talking because, you know, I would say a good chunk of the time I'm yelling from the sidelines and a good chunk of the time they're, they're missing what I'm saying because the stands are so loud. We got, you know, we got our fans getting rowdy out there. And so there's times where they can't hear me. And so I, I just put it back on them. I'm like, hey, you guys got to be ready. You guys got to be talking and you guys got to communicate what you're trying to accomplish. And so, yeah, that communication is important. It's critical for, for the success of the game. But you're not complaining about the fans getting loud. Not the at stands, all. Right? Not at all. Not at all. We love it. It feeds the energy. I mean, you hear our bench, our girls, there's times where I just stop talking because our girls on the bench are so loud. And so, um, yeah, they just get fired up and that energy, I mean, our girls in the water have said it, that energy is what fuels them. They want to work harder when they hear those fans getting loud and rowdy. All right. Well, you heard him bring your energy. It's going to be at the Fresno state aquatics center, the WWPA championships. Sunbirds will be taking on Salem on Friday. That's going to be at two 15. So make sure you show up, make sure you bring your cheering voice and cheer on the Sunbirds. I'm sure, Coach, obviously you'd like to have people out there. Thank you for your time as always, and uh, looking forward to a fun one on Friday. Awesome. Thank you. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit of baseball with head coach Oscar Hirschkorn here on the Sunbirds Sound Off Live. Hello, I'm Joe Haydock, license number 02013076. My wife, Cynthia, and I own and operate Haydock Real Estate. Hi, I'm Cynthia Haydock, license number 01358518. Haydock Real Estate protects your interests by handling your transaction with competence and kindness. We invite you to call us at 559-392-5283 to learn how our thoughtful approach can help you sell or buy your next home. Call Haydock Real Estate today at 559-392-5283. Back the Birds on 790 ESPN.
Welcome back here to the Sunbird Sound Off Live. It's time to talk a little bit of Fresno Pacific baseball. We've got Coach Oscar Hirschkorn on the phone here. Coach, thanks for joining us. As always, good to talk to you. Um, before we get into detail, uh, real quick, just you know, kind of off the top, how are you guys feeling after the four-game sweep over Holy Names? I uh, feel good. Um, feel good about it for sure. Anytime you can sweep is is huge, and um, it couldn't have come at a better time because we we need to start making a run, and if, if we're going to do it, and I like this team, and I've said that all year, so uh, it was good to see us um, kind of put it together and um, and do what we should do. Yeah, you talk about putting it together. You guys put it together in a, a multitude of different ways. The first game of the doubleheader on Friday, you guys score 24 runs and get a 24-6 to victory. The second game of that doubleheader, you score 15 runs and you win that one 15-9. And then obviously you come back on Saturday, the rain delay in the first game of the doubleheader. You win that one 3-2. You win the second one 9-2. So all the victories really came in different fashions. Overall, you know, kind of what did you see from your team working through the different scenarios as far as the situation in games go, what the score is, what they're able to do, et cetera. Yeah, I was very pleased with that. It was a, it was a challenging weekend. You know, I know uh, all coaches would know what I'm talking about with, with this, but when you have a game like the first game, you're always so concerned that, um, you know, you score all the runs for the day in that one, in that one game. And, I was really proud of the guys for coming back and keeping the focus because, you know, we try to tell them, okay, yeah, the last game was what it was, but um, this game's zero zero right now. And, and we've got to, we've got to start from scratch and, and they did a really good job with that. And then uh, the, the first game on Saturday, the three to two ball game, that was tough. They're the, the pitcher that they have, they're number one through that game. And he's, he's really good. And we have Justin Fusen going against him, and he's really good. Uh, but Justin showed a lot of toughness in that game because he was three pitches in when, you know, the storm, it just started absolutely pouring. And so he had to shut it down for an hour, and he kept his composure and um, gave us a chance to win that game. I was really proud of him. Yeah, so you bring up that rain delay there on Saturday. You're right, it was three pitches into the game. It was about halfway through the National Anthem that the rain started coming down a little bit, and then it got harder and harder, and then three pitches into the game. Fusen, uh, you know, he looks over at the ump, and the, and the home plate umpire says, yeah, you know, we're going to call it off. The tarp comes out. Fusen in that game does go six innings, only giving up one earned run, four hits. Um, so he struck out five, walked one as well. Uh, so what was your conversation with him like in that hour plus long rain delay? Um, how did that kind of go behind the scenes? Um, you know, trying to just keep him loose, obviously three pitches. It's not like he really got into any sort of game rhythm, but what was that like talking to him, you know, just trying to keep him in the zone? I just tried to stay in communication with him so he could kind of know what to expect. I mean, I think that's the thing with pitchers is they just, if they, if they don't know what to do and they don't know what to, to think like this, you know, for instance, 
Um, they don't know what the coaches or umpires are thinking in terms of what the delay is going to look like. Is it going to be three hours? Is it going to be 20 minutes? So we just kept talking to them like, hey, you know what? I, I, this thing's going to blow over here pretty soon. Um, are you still good? You know, and of course he says yes. And so in, in that, we, we didn't want him to stay hot and get fatigued, but we didn't want him to get cold either. So it was kind of, trying to balance that and then came up with a set time is the worst thing in the world when you're the coach and umpire trying to figure that stuff out is <laughs> hey we're going to get going at one o'clock and then it gets pushed back 30 more minutes and then 45 more minutes and then you, you just don't want you want to make a final decision on that we were able to do that all right coach so i don't want to put you in a tough spot but as soon as i found out that i was going to be interviewing you here today I, I knew that I had to ask this question. I believe it was in either game three or game four. I'm not 100% sure, but there was a ball that was hit out to center field, and the center fielder for Holy Names, it looked like he trapped it, and everybody thought that he trapped it, but the umpire ruled that it was caught and it was an out, and obviously you know where I'm sitting there in the press box. I, I, I never get to get an explanation from the umpire I'm curious, um, what was the explanation that you got there on that play? You know what? I, I, I'm still frustrated about that. Um, and I hate those kind of discussions because, I mean, we've all watched enough baseball, and that's kind of where I was coming from when I talked to the umpires. Nothing about that looked natural. If he makes the catch, he makes the catch, and, and we all know what that looks like, but the guy's, kind of stalling on the ground. I mean, why, why are you stalling on the ground? And, and everything about that was that ball was a hit. And then my third base coach said he could see the ball. So it's just, I don't know. I, I was not very happy with that call. The explanation was brutal. He said he had it. And I said, if he had it, then why didn't he come up with it right away? And he had nothing for it. I, I don't know. I, I just, your, your, your guess and your question is as good as mine. I, I don't have any kind of clarity on that except for you go out there and you say, I mean, how could you see it that way? He says, I saw it that way because he caught it. And then we're just staring at each other. And I'm mad and I don't want to say the things that are coming in my mind. And he's probably saying, thinking the same thing. And I don't know. I hate those <laughs> situations. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to say the magic word and, and, and get and get tossed no. out. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. I was just curious because obviously I see the conversation happening, but I don't know what's going on. So I figured I had to ask. Um, let's talk a little bit more about some individual performances. Um, Khalid Johnson, obviously somebody that we've talked about before, but uh, Wheaties, he really had a nice four-game series there for you guys in that leadoff spot. I mean, he, he's an amazing player, and I think that um, he's a pro player, and I, I think the things that he does help any team at every level, no matter where you are. And I, I'm, I feel very blessed and, and fortunate that we have him. And um, I, I don't even think that we've seen him at his best. I, I still, as good as he's been, he has a lot more in the tank. So uh, I can't say enough about him. What, what I like about him is, is his swing is so short and simple, and velocity doesn't matter to him. Um, soft throwers don't matter to him. Righties, lefties, it doesn't matter. Um, and he's going to go foul line to foul line and, and not just um, 
you know, soft single, seeing eye singles either. He he's got some juice behind the behind his his bat. So I, I don't know. I can't. Oh, I think we might have lost coach here. Oh. Oh nope, there Can you, you are. Okay, sorry. sorry, just just missed you in that last part of the answer. If you could repeat that. Yeah, yeah, I just can't say enough about PDs. And the other thing I, I, I should mention is that I just love the stolen base, and I might have talked to you about that before, but he's one of my dream-type players because every time he gets on, on base, he he's just, just him being on base is applying pressure, and I love that. And, um, you know, I think my goal for him, I, I want him to get to 40 stolen bases this year. That would be an amazing season. Yeah, and I mean, it's very evident for anybody who's watched a Fresno Pacific baseball game that opposing teams are very cautious and check on Khalid Johnson whenever he gets to first. I mean, I've seen at-bats where they throw back over to first six, seven, eight times just to make sure that he doesn't get that extra step. Um, But let's talk a little bit more about the depth that your team has, specifically in that 24 to six victory in uh, the first game of that four game series against Holy names, I believe it was the fourth or fifth inning. You basically subbed out all of your starters because you knew you had another nine inning game coming at, coming up after the conclusion of the first game. And you got some guys in there to get some innings and get some action. Well, what luxury or how nice is it to have that luxury to, you know, get those guys out there and get them innings. Uh, it, it's incredible, and it's um, you know iron sharpens iron too. So it it it, it, it pushes everybody to, to know that there's somebody else that can come and take your spot. And what I really like about those guys and those guys specifically that day that came in was um, they were focused. They were they were focused on taking good at bats, and and um, some sometimes guys in those situations get in there and they try to do a little too much and. And those guys just played good baseball, and it was really it was really fun to watch them and um, get a chance to get them at bats, and 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 I was really happy um, with what they did and the focus they had. All right, so I know that I, I believe it was the first time that you came on the show. Um, we talked about your hitters' discipline up at the plate. I've got the numbers here in front of me. You, it looks like, if the numbers are correct, you guys have drawn 174 walks so far throughout the course of this season. Uh, what's it been like? Is that something that you've really you tried to preach as far as discipline at the plate and taking those close pitches that might be a little outside or something like that? No, actually not at all. Um, uh, because I think if you focus on walks, I think some you know a lot of times guys will lose aggression. We don't, we don't talk about it at all. Uh, what we talk about is is um, staying off the ball up and and being aggressive. You know, we want guys to, to look to drive the ball. We want line drive, um, and and that's what we work on. And and but I think what happens is if you concentrate on hitting the ball right, hitting the ball hard, uh, your your eyes get used to what balls, what pitches you need to say no to um, without sacrificing aggression. So. That's interesting. It's funny because I, I look at the numbers a lot because the numbers tell a story, but I haven't paid as much attention to the walks. It just kind of comes with the territory, I think, with the good hitting uh, that our guys are doing. They're buying in, so it's been good. 
Well, I guess that's probably why I wear a headset and broadcast the games and I'm not actually out there, uh, you know, making the calls. <laughs> um, so uh, another question for you, Coach, here. Um, obviously, you've got players like uh, Jared Aguilar, Garrett Cooper, who can also pitch and, you know, play defense. You know, we've seen a handful of times where Jared will start the game and then even when he's done on the mound he'll take over the dh spot and he'll hit for himself what's it like to have those multi-tool players um available you know at, in your roster it, it's it's really amazing and and you know i think um for for people that pay attention to our our team and and the fact that we have a couple guys doing it at the level that they're doing it um, they make it look easy. That's as challenging a thing that you can do in, in, in baseball is to be a two-way player. And, you know, Jared Aguilar and Garrett Cooper have done it their whole careers. And I'm very proud of the hard work because it takes conditioning and it takes a lot of focus on different skills. And, you know, Jared Aguilar is one of the best hitters in, in the Western region. And then to go out there and, and, and pitch like he does in game four after three hard games of, playing a great first base and being one of the better hitters in the conference. And then he goes out there and, and pitches like that. It, it's very challenging and, and he's doing a really, really good job with it. And Garrett on the flip side, he's pitching game one and he's having to deal with the soreness and, and whatever of that and still going out there. And what I've been doing is playing um, him at first base. And he's so good defensively and he takes really good at that and um, trying to minimize his throws over there at first. So I, I can't say enough about those two guys doing what they're doing with that. that that's, that's a really challenging thing, and they're doing a great job with it. All right, Coach. Now, so looking ahead, you guys are going to be taking on Biola in a pair of doubleheaders this Friday and Saturday. How are you looking to use the momentum from the sweep this past weekend and, uh, and bring it uh, back to FPU Diamond against Biola? That's a very, very important series for us. I mean, they all are, but this one right here, um, and that's, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. We want to try to use the momentum that we've got. I think we've won six in a row now after that sweep. And um, if we have a really good series here, it puts us in position. We control our destiny, I feel, in terms of the of getting into a regional, we're going to need a little help uh, to make a run at the conference title. But um, but I feel like we can control we control our own destiny in terms of the regional. So um, and that that's really what we want. We want to get in into the postseason there. That's that's priority number one. So it starts with this series and keeping the focus. Um, we've had a really good week of practice and. Looks like we might have a little bit of weather coming, but um, our guys are, are really, and they have this whole year dealt with adversity really well. So I feel the guys seem like they're in a good spot mentally, and, and that's really what it's about because I think we have the talent. So looking even further ahead, um, you've got Academy of Art and Point Wilma coming up uh, after the series with Biola this upcoming weekend. But you guys are going to play four of your last five series this season at home, what kind of home field advantage does uh, FPU Diamond bring to the table? I think it brings a lot. I mean, we, we're obviously when you're at home, you know the how the ball, you know, bounces and uh, the the light situation and where the sun is, and but also that home crowd. It really, I mean, we go to a lot of places where there's not not a crowd at all, 
and we get to our diamond and a lot of time most most games there there's a good crowd with some energy and i think that 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 really matters and i'm really counting on that home field advantage i know our team is too um you know playing some road games early there you know is um it, it's good and it gets your team ready to go but being able to end the season with a lot of home games is is, is an advantage and we've got to take advantage of of that advantage yeah, I mean, I love being out there and calling the games when I have the window open to my left. You know, I, I can hear the fans that are hooting and hollering, and then obviously the window open to my right, I can hear the dugout making just as much noise, you know, almost inciting the fans to get up and get going. Um, So the last uh, series of the year for you guys in the regular season, um, again, not to get too far ahead, but obviously you're taking on a, a big opponent in, in Point Loma. You've got two series before you take them on. But, um, you know, kind of looking ahead a little bit, a very tough opponent to close out your season. How are you going to use these next two series to, again, I guess kind of rhetorical, but, you know, maintain that momentum from the sweep of holy names. And, and then, you know, again, a tough opponent for the final uh, series of the regular season. Well, in terms of the plays, we just go, we try to go one series at a time. In terms of us coaches, you know, we're talking about this, that, you know, how we're going to handle the road trip, you know, are we going to move around the rotation, just things like that. Um, but in, ter- in, in regards to Point Loma, it, it's, it's an opportunity. That's what it is. I mean, we, we have an opportunity to play the number one team in the region to close out the year. And if we've done our job with this series and next series, um, and I'm not assuming anything, but if we, if we've done the job that I think that we're capable of doing, then, then that, that series, maybe we're making a run at, at, at the conference there. Um, and it certainly helps with strength of schedule and strength of schedule matters um, with, with the regional rankings on the computer system that division two has. So, yeah, it's an opportunity, and looking forward to it. All right, so the Sunbirds will be back in action coming up here on Friday at FPU Diamond, a doubleheader starting at 2 p.m. Those will be two nine-inning games. And then on Saturday at noon, it'll be a nine-inning and a seven-inning game to follow. I'll be on the call for that one on the Team One Sports app. Should be a fun one, Coach. Looking forward to uh, watching our team out there this weekend, and the best of luck. Uh, thanks so much. Um, looking forward to seeing you out there this weekend. All right. We've been talking with Oscar Hirschkorn, the head coach of the Fresno Pacific baseball team. We'll take a quick break. And then, as always, we'll come back and let you know what's coming up this week in FPU Athletics here on the Sunbird Sound Off Live. If you belong to a Mennonite brethren, Mennonite, brethren in Christ, or other Anabaptist church, and are looking for home or auto insurance, look no further than Mennonite Insurance. We insure our members' homes, churches, and our commitment is to provide you with competitively priced, superior insurance products with the highest quality service. Instant, no-obligation homeowner's estimate is available to you in 15 seconds at MennoniteInsurance.com. Sunbird Sound Off live on 790 ESPN.
Welcome back here to the Sunbird Sound Off Live as we get ready to close things out. As always, we'll give you a look at what is going on around FPU Athletics track and field. They're going to be off this upcoming weekend as they prepare for the Pac West Conference Championships. Those will be held April 29th and April 30th down in San Diego. So again, like I was mentioning at the top of the show, a lot of runners, a lot of throwers, a lot of athletes had some NCAA provisional time, some personal bests, some FPU bests. So Coach Winter and the track and field team, boy, they have really got something good going and they're looking to take their momentum into the Pac West Conference Championship. Obviously, we talked with Coach Brian Sahovi with women's water polo. They are going to be in action this upcoming weekend. It'll be Friday to be exact, 2.15. They will be taking on Salem in the WWPA Championships. They will be taking place at Fresno State. So if you're relatively close, make sure you come out. Make sure you come support. Coach was talking about how he loves the support of the local water polo community. And you've got a chance to come out there and support them on the biggest stage in the championships coming up here on Friday. Again, 2.15 p.m. at Fresno State Men's and Women's Tennis they are both going to be in action. We'll start with the women's tennis team because I don't want to say breaking news because this happened a little bit earlier today. But the Sunbirds were able to defeat Colorado Mesa in the first round of the Pac West Championships 4 to nothing on the women's side. So they will move on to face Point Loma tomorrow at 12 o'clock noon. And obviously that is taking place down in Arizona or over in Arizona I should say and then tomorrow as well the men's tennis team they're going to be in action early 8 a.m pacific time is the start they will be taking on Hawaii Pacific the number one seed so obviously they've got their work cut out for them but you know what you can't put it past it you know it's it's April you never know what can happen you get a chance to face off against a team you never know so the Sunbirds tennis team both of them will be in action tomorrow and then rounding things out again like I was talking with coach Hirschkorn here uh, the Sunbirds will be in town here at FPU Diamond taking on Biola for a doubleheader first game will start at 2 p.m. on Friday and then the doubleheader on Saturday will start at noon. Once again, thanks to our guests, Brian Sahovi from the women's water polo team, Oscar Hirschkorn from uh, baseball. And that's going to do it here for the Sunbird Sound Off Live. We'll see you same time, same place next week here on 790 ESPN. To the home of the Fresno Pacific Sunbirds, KFPT Clovis 790 ESPN. 